0: I have some good news for you and some bad news. Now, how many of you are uh, good news first kind of people? How many of you are good news first? Like if there's good news and bad news, we hear that all the time. Okay, we got a couple of you, all right. All right, how many of you are bad news first kind of people? Oh, <laughs> all right, hey, you're kind of like me, I, I, you're my people. I, I usually uh, I usually lean towards, okay, tell me the bad news, save the good news for later, because I need to, you know, bad news means I need to change something, I need to, you know, I need to fix something, and I'm always You know, interested in looking for something to fix. Um, and for any of you uh, gamers out there, you might reference this, uh, this is a, uh, the cake is a lie, right? Um, if you don't know games, don't worry about it. But, um, uh, but so we have good news and bad news that I have for you today. Um, the good news uh, is that I am going to attempt the shortest sermon I've ever preached. Um, and, uh, and so we'll see. Uh, we'll see if I actually pull it off. Um, but the, uh, the bad news is um, you're all going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just went right for it. Um, so I did some research, uh, and, um, I found, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the onion. Uh, so the onion is a satirical website. Uh, so that means that they make satire and, and usually there's a hint of truth in there, but they, they present it in a funny way. And so here we go. Um, th- th- this article is dated, uh, July 22nd, 1997. Um, so fresh off the press. Um, Geneva, Switzerland, the World Health Organization officials expressed disappointment Monday at the group's findings that despite enormous efforts of doctors, rescue workers, and other medical professionals worldwide, the global death rate remains constant at 100%. Responsible for 100% of all recorded fatalities, the condition has no cure Uh, I was really hoping that with all those new radiology treatments, rescue helicopters, aerobics, TV shows, and what have you, that we might be at least be able to make a dent in it this year. Who, director, uh, general doctor, uh, Gernst Blunt. So many suggest that the high mortality rate represents a massive failure on the part of the planet's healthcare workers. The ability of doctors and scientists to adequately address the issue of death is nothing less than a scandal Concerning uh, concerned parent Marcia Gretto, said, "What about the children?" The visibly moved Gretto added, "Well, at this early date, I don't want to start making broad generalizations." Said the citizen for safety Robert Hemmel, "But it's beginning to seem the possible that possible a birth, as well as the subsequent life cycle that follows, it may be a serious safety risk for all those involved." So while we know that death is a serious thing, it's something that is in all of our lives. Um, and, and so today, uh, what I want to present to you is that the gospel is good news for you. The gospel is God's good news for you. And we have a lot that we're working with today, and we're gonna be working through John 1, which is actually one of my favorite passages in Scripture. And then later, we're gonna get to one of my less favorite passages in scripture. I would hate to say even I don't like it, but I'll explain that later. So if you want to uh, turn with me to John 1, I actually do, I do encourage you to actually have John 1 open uh, and actually be looking at it. That's an app or we have the, the Bibles in the pews. Uh, it's on, depending on which uh, pew Bible, it's either 1,049 or uh, 750. Uh, I go ahead and mark it ahead of time so that I don't stand up here fumbling around looking for it. But we're going to start in John 1. And we're going to read the first five verses to start, and then we're going to go continue from there. All right. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through, th- through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. This is the word of the Lord. So, today I want to investigate a little bit about the gospel. Are you excited? Yeah. So, some of you are thinking, what the heck is the gospel, right? Because if you're not, then, I mean, I think that sometimes we hear that word so often that, that we kind of just becomes, become numb. Uh, it's something that we hear so often, oh yeah, I think, I know what the gospel. And so we have one, that one side that says, I don't really, uh, I don't really know what's going on. And the other side is saying, oh, how cute. The assistant pastor is gonna come up and uh, he's gonna preach about the gospel. Well, I wanna challenge both groups. I want to challenge both groups that the gospel is God's good news for you. Which, wherever you're coming from, the gospel is good news. Now, have you ever had good news? Like, we're not talking like, oh, you got an A on a test, yay. Okay, we're talking like you spent the entire month planning and preparing. And you have the perfect date and the perfect location. And you get down on one knee and you spent like a whole paycheck. And she says... I hope she says yes, right? Or otherwise, you're thinking, like, hey, let's go halvesies on that dinner, right? Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that, kind, that level of good news. You know, it's the level of good news that, like, you just can't wait to see your friends. You can't wait to see that next person, okay? Oh, tell me what just happened yesterday. I can't wait. I've been, you know, just spending the last 14 years, uh, you know, working on my education, and, and I finally get the call, and I get the job. Yeah, I got the job, okay? Or, for many of us, it's a different kind of joy. It's a different kind of good news. We get that call from the oncologist, Right? Those of you who know what that word means, you know. Oncologist is a cancer doctor. Is there any good news that can come from a t- cancer doctor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many of you, through God's grace, have walked through that and have come out on the other side? You have made it through. You've gotten that call. No cancer. Let's just, let's give God glory for that. Right? Right? Like there's, 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 that's like a life point where like before that it was, your life was different. You wake up the next morning and breakfast tastes better, right? You look in the mirror and doesn't matter how scary it is. You look better. And it's not because of what the mirror is saying. It's because you have life that, that kind of good news. So how in the world can what we just read be that good? Well, when we say gospel, so you know, when you share those little good news, those are a gospel because gospel is not actually a term uh, that, was, that was made by Christians. It was, it was actually long before Christianity. It, was, it just means, uh, so you, if you break it down, you is good. And gelion, uh, which is the word you on gelion, um, it, it just means messenger. So it's good messenger or messenger of good. And so the, you know, whenever the Caesar would announce the next games or release, uh, reprieve on taxes or, or something like that, they would send a euangelion to go and announce the good news. And of course, you know, everybody likes the euangelion because he's the, he's the guy that, uh, that brings all the good, the good things that's going to help us. But that's, that's a gospel. This is the gospel. Are we ready? All right. The kingdom of God has arrived. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll try. We'll try these guys over here. The kingdom of God has arrived. Oh, okay. All right. And we got we have two over here. All right. You guys ready? The kingdom of God has arrived. Yeah. So, now that message to us in our modern ears is kind of strange, because it's like. What does that mean? But, you know, to the ancient, to the ancient Hebrew listeners, to the Jews at the time, that was the message they had been waiting for for 400 years. Whew, that's a long wait. That's good news. That's good news. That's good news. The gospel is God's good news for you. God's good news for you. And so, as they, as they waited and they waited and they waited, it made sense. It made sense like if we ran up to somebody and said, I'm cancer free. But if you reversed like a couple hundred years, they didn't even know what cancer was. That would be just as confusing to them. W- what? But we see that, that this is the message of the gospel is said, it's good news, it's good news. And, and so if we're asking ourselves, okay, so we got the, you know, for most of us, when we hear this, okay, gospel, it's good news, all right, um, but what is it? Right, because we've kind of explained why, you know, it's good, it's good, it's good, but we haven't really said what it is. Well, it took me a shamefully long time to figure this out because I grew up and it was always about, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus on the cross, Jesus on the cross, Jesus on the cross. And yes, but that's not all. That's not all. I read the last verse in the book of Acts. If, if you're fast at finding Bible verses, if you're not, don't you can just stay in John 1. But the last verse in the book of Acts, and I read it, and it's talking about Paul, the greatest missionary ever. He was like the first and the greatest. I mean, you, you can't fault Paul for giving everything to Jesus. Well, how is he going to preach the gospel? Because that's important. How's the, how's the number one guy going to do it? The the example that we're all going to follow. Here it is. In the very last verse of Acts, it says, Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see two things here. And that gives us two, two different directions to take this message of the gospel. First, we have Jesus which he died, he came, and he, he was our punishment for us, for, for all the things that we need. We need that, that bridge between us and God. He was that bridge. But then there's this kingdom of God piece. I'm not kidding. I was in my 20s, and I said, wait a second. What's the kingdom of God? Because I said the prayer. You know, I, I can't embald in the, you know, baptismal, I didn't actually cannibal, but, you know, I did that. But there's something else here, and that's where I want, for those of you who are already in Christ, I want to, to drop this little, this, this breadcrumb, and I want us to chase it, because there is pieces of this message that we can't miss. We can't miss. So as we chase this down, I want to I give us a little bit more, as we go back to John 1. Because um, every, every Sunday or most Sundays we have YBS. And so last week I kind of took us, we took us on a little journey and I took them here to John 1 and we, and we looked into um, what, what's going on in these first five verses. Because there, there's a lot going on. It's, it's so much going on that you're like, wait, what just happened? And so I'm going to give you like a cheat code or a hot key or an answer key. We, we spent some time, we spent about 30 minutes last week and we dove into it and we answered what the word is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And so I'm going to reread this, but I'm going to put Jesus' name in there. Uh, and we, we'll learn, you know, as we go on, we can see that that, that is actually John's message. I'm not, I'm not uh, making this up. And, uh, and we'll see, see what we get here. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning through Jesus all things were made and without Jesus nothing was made that has been made in Jesus was life and that life was the light of men the light that shines in the darkness but the darkness has not understood it Jesus came to bring life and light man there's some parts of my life that could use life and light This week, I had the um, unfortunate privilege of attending a funeral for a 13-year-old boy. It was terrible. But it's not terrible because of the family or the service or the boy himself. They were beautiful. It was done so well. It was terrible because of death. Death is terrible. It's not supposed to be this way. And so we see in John 1 that from the very beginning, God knew, Jesus knew that we're gonna need help from the very beginning. The gospel is God's idea from the very, very beginning. From the very beginning. And so, I think about this and, and I, I thought about this and it, it kind of sounds, here, I'm gonna use this this piano bench here to kind of give, uh, I promised to put it back, okay. Um, so it's kind of like a, a bar joke, but it's not a bar joke because we're in church. So we'll call it a coffee shop joke, okay? So Moses and Elijah and Jesus walk into a, a, a coffee shop, okay? Uh, and they sit down, uh, they, they sit down and they're all sitting around the table and Moses is there and he goes, Gosh, I just had so much trouble keeping these Israelites out, like keeping them like out of trouble. I would just keep rescuing them and rescuing them and rescuing them. And they just never, never got it. Elijah, how did you do? How was it? And Elijah kind of looks and he goes, oh no. I mean, we just finished studying Elijah, right? Like it didn't get any better. Like, I mean, a couple hundred years went by and Elijah was just having, he goes, oh no, they even tried to kill me it was bad. And then they, they look over and they go, Jesus, what do you think? He goes, oh, guys, I got a plan. But I I don't think, I don't think I want to share it because um, you guys are going to laugh. I I know you're going to laugh. And, and they're like, no, no, Jesus, come on, man. Give us your, give us your best shot. What's your plan? What's your plan? He's like, okay. All right, so I'm going to go down. Um, I'm going to be a tiny little baby uh, born to a, poor teenage mother in a barn and of course it's like super quiet right and then I'm going to spend 30 years living a very humble and just absolutely quiet life and of course Moses or Elijah's going to interrupt and then you're going to show up on the stage and he goes well yeah yeah I'm going to show on the stage and he goes oh and then you're going to defeat the Roman Empire no that's that's not it Oh, so then you're going to get rid of that, that terrible king, right? That King Herod. You're going you're to get rid of him? No, no, not exactly. I'm actually, when I start my ministry, I'm going to target all the hopeless poor, uh, and I'm going to give them hope. I'm going to heal, uh, heal those that are sick, and, um, and I'm going to uh, make blind people see. And then actually when those powerful people come to hear my teaching, I'm going to confront them. And I'm going to tell them that they need to repent and change. And I'm going to tell them that they need to stop abusing people and stealing money. I'm going to push them so hard that they kill me. So that I can prove that I am king over death. Yeah, that table is going to be real quiet. And they're going to be like, Jesus, that's a terrible idea. Jesus, don't do that. Right? Because it is. It's it's insanity. The gospel is it is, it doesn't even, like if we put it on like a scale, it shouldn't have worked. But it did. Now, the amount of people that believe something doesn't make it true, but Christianity is the number one religion in the world because it is true. And it worked. Because it was God's idea from the very beginning. It was God's idea from the very beginning. Let's look at verse 10. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. It was crazy, but it worked. We see in First Corinthians, uh, the very first chapter of First Corinthians. It says um, that you know this is not you know we aren't the first ones. the 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 Greeks and the Romans were very proud of their accomplishments, both in philosophy and and a lot of different areas. And so, you know, just like we are proud of our scientific discoveries, they they were the same. And uh, and even here, Paul Paul draws attention to the fact that this is crazy. Like w- w- we're if it wasn't for the power of God, this, this wouldn't have worked. So we see in uh, verse 23 of 1 Corinthians, he says, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Greeks or Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Mm. So true. So the gospel is God's good news for you. It's God's good news for you. The gospel is both Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. It's both. And it was God's idea from the very beginning. I didn't make this up. I would have made up a better plan, (laughs) but it would have failed. It would have failed. So, what? So, what is this kingdom business? Well, the kingdom starts now. It starts now, and it's to come, and it was. And, and you know, that could be a whole sermon series in itself. But the truth is that we can experience the benefits and the, the goodness of the gospel right now. It's not something that's just, oh, once I die, then I get to experience the goodness of God. Once I die, then I get to go into the kingdom. No, you can start to experience those joys right now because the gospel, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's verse 12. Let's read verse 12 and see what the gospel is gonna bring us. In verse 12, it says, Yet to all who have received, to those who have believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The gospel brings, the gospel brings you a new family. And this family is never gonna die. They're never gonna abandon you or divorce you. They're never going to like forsake you. I tell this to the youth that Man, there's so many places in our lives that we have to earn our spot. You know, work, you, you got to earn your spot or you get fired. Uh, school, you got to earn your spot or you, you might have to repeat a grade or a class. Sports, gosh, the whole thing of sports is about performance. If you don't you know, make enough layups, you'll get cut. And there's nothing inherently wrong with, with that procedure, but the truth is, gosh, you need a safe place. We need a safe place that we don't have to earn our spot and God has created it because God made it. God has invited you into his family and trust me, I think all of us could think of a few people that we were like, eh, I don't know. It might be easier if you weren't around but the truth is, I bet there's probably some people that think that about me. (laughs) I'm not always the easiest person to be around either but God gives us a new family. God, God has done that. And sure, there is going to be brokenness in the church because the church is made up, of, made up of broken people. It's just true. You don't have to be around church for very long before somebody's going to hurt your feelings. But we can keep coming back. Because remember, the church was God's idea. The church was God's idea. Let's keep going. Verse 14 through 16. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this is the one whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Some translations say grace upon grace. This is like big heaping piles of grace. Hmm, I need that. Because the gospel gives us a fresh start. This is, I mean, for, for lack of a better, uh, easy explanation, it's, it's like you know that you, on Christmas morning, you know what you deserve in your stocking. Big old lump of coal. I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't. Maybe you're awesome. Uh, but you deserve a big old lump of coal, but you don't get it. You still get that present. That's grace. That's grace gosh, I need that. Grace is that undeserved favor. It's different than mercy. Mercy is where you don't get what you do deserve, but grace is where you get what you don't deserve. And that's what this is. That's what the gospel is. It's, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh start. So let's keep going. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who's at the Father's side, has made him known. So the law of Moses, um, so that, um, that's the Ten Commandments. So for those of you, if anybody doesn't, isn't familiar with this story, I know I mentioned Moses earlier, but he, he was one of the greatest first prophets of Israel. He's the one that led the Israelites out of the Promised Land. If you've seen the Disney movie, uh, Prince of Egypt, it, it's nothing like that, but it gives you the idea. Um, and uh, and so, so, so the law shows us our sin it is that mirror that reflects us accurately and shows us our separation not not it doesn't show us god the scripture shows us god the law shows us who we really are and uh it's always it's always hard looking in the mirror every morning isn't it <laughs> maybe not maybe not for you I don't, I don't know um because it really shows us who we are. It shows us, oh man, I need to fix that, okay? It's always hard when I was doing middle school teaching because if if I ever had something on my face, they would never tell me. Uh, They would have to, you know, they would snicker and I would have to figure it out on my own. Uh, but, But we see that that's the purpose of the law. It shows us who we are. It shows us that we already know something's wrong. We already know. We don't go to the oncologist and be like, hey, I feel great, let's have a meeting, right? We go to the oncologist because we're like, hey, something's really wrong, I, I need help. And then the oncologist, he's not judging. He's showing you the truth when he says, oh yeah, there's some really serious, we, we gotta attack this. We got some problems. And deep down, if we're honest, we already knew. But that's not the gospel. Gosh, The gospel is the, the grace and the truth the grace and the truth through Jesus. Because we know that we're not perfect. We know, we know there's something off. And the Bible shows us and says, ah, don't worry. Because you have freedom. You have freedom. The gospel brings you freedom. Oh, South Sub, you can't miss this. My favorite, so my favorite man movie, uh, there's no other way to describe it, Braveheart. I'm sure some of you have seen it. Um, So Braveheart, uh, you know, the most powerful line in there. I I feel like I've said this in so many sermons, but I just can't stop. Uh, Because William Wallace is the main character. He's a Scottish uh, warrior uh, trying to resist the English empire. Uh, This is before, you know, England was united and everything. And so he wants to, he wants to be free. And they, of course, he gets captured at the end of the movie and he has an option to swear allegiance to the crown of England or die. And the last words, as the ax is falling and they've given him all the chances that they're willing to give him, he screams, freedom! Such a powerful scene. Guys, that's what Jesus offers us as Christians, the gospel, it gives us Freedom. We don't have to live under the weight of all of that, that Jesus offers us. Death? Psh. Cancer? Psh. Imprisonment? Ah. You're free. You're free. There's a famous quote from D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody is a pastor from uh, the 1800s, really long ago. Uh, It's so powerful. I've heard many versions of this, but this is the quote. It says, someday you will read in the papers that Moody is dead. Don't you believe a word of it? At that moment, I shall be more alive than I am now. I was born of the flesh of 1837. I was born of the spirit, 1855. That which is born of the flesh may die. That which is born of the spirit shall live forever. That's freedom. That, that is freedom. So what, right? So what? So what does this mean for us? What does this mean? Because we have two responses to this message. And so we can take these two responses, but you know, maybe you're not convinced. Maybe you're not convinced of my message so far and you think, you know what? My life's not so bad. Okay, that's fair. Just save these for later. Because I know that there's gonna be a season where life isn't so easy. And you're thinking, man, I, I need some help. Well, and when you're in that moment, I hope that you can pull this out. You can pull out John one you can think about this because there is good news. There is good news. So I said that we're gonna do good news first and bad news. Um, so now I'm going to share with you, if if John 1 is one of my favorite passages, I wrestled with this for a long time, and and God kept bringing it back up in my mind, because it's a passage of scripture I don't like. But that doesn't change what it says. And here here at South Sub, we believe it's actually the second point of of take five, that we believe in the gospel, we believe in the scripture, we believe that it's God-inspired, and that um, my opinion doesn't change truth. And that we need, to, we need to go through the easy passages and celebrate those, and we need to fuss and wrestle through the hard passages too. So, I'm going to read a hard passage that I don't like, and I want us to all wrestle with it together because it's true. So, we're going to be uh, in 1 Corinthians 6. And we're going to start in verse 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor the idolaters nor the adulterers nor the male prostitutes nor the homosexual offenders nor the thieves nor the greedy nor the drunkards nor the slanderers nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I don't condemn you because I'm in that list. I don't deserve the kingdom of God. And I caution us anytime we want to start pointing fingers because, gosh, it's sure easy to read the parts of Scripture that you don't struggle with, right? But for the people that are locked and trapped in sin, they need some help. Need the gospel. Do you have any passages in Scripture that you don't like? The next verse. What's? Is there anything good in the next verse? Come, share the good news with us, Megan. We can't forget. The next verse. The next verse states, and that is what some of you were. But you were washed. No. Yeah, yeah. You were washed. You were sanctified. You were glorified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our holy God. Of our God. And that is what you once were. So if that list seemed. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us the good news, right? right because that is what you once were we are all in that list but you were washed and you were sanctified so south sub the good news we have is that we have evangelism that we can repent, and that we can be baptized, and we can join the family of God, that we can have a fresh start, that we have freedom that is available for us in Christ, in the gospel. That's good news. The kingdom of God is here. Yeah! And so we see that that's one side of it, that that is what you once were, but you can be washed. South Sub, this is such a powerful thing. We had a baptism first service, okay? It was amazing. There are always parts of every job that are, uh, the better, lack of a better way, they're jobby, right? That you don't like to do them. But man, baptisms are the very best part. And I want you to know that like after last service, I invited everybody, said, hey, the baptismal's already filled up and we can just make the schedule happen. We are having a baptism after church today that isn't on the schedule. And I, yes, okay? So I want you to know that if you feel, if you feel that God is calling to you and you're saying, you know what? I have heard the gospel over and over and over, but I feel like today is my day. Hey, stick around, because I'm going to give you time if you need to rush off afterwards. But if you want to stick around at 1215, we're going to get somebody baptized. And I didn't even bring an extra change of clothes. So we are just going to rush home and change after this. But we are both really, really excited. And if you want to be part of that, I would love to be part of that with you. And for those of you who have already walked that path, who have already gone through that, you're not off the hook either because discipleship, the gospel means that we have discipleship and this is the best part. You get to scratch out something on your notes because you've already done the repentance. It's like part of being a Christian 101 and you get to write rejoice. Rejoice and live in freedom and I need that on the days where I don't like it I don't want to come to work early in the snow. And I need a brother and sister to say, rejoice, live in freedom. You are free to come to church. You, oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> so brothers and sisters in Christ, I call on you. The good news is for you. Live in freedom. If you are a questioning crit- critic, the gospel is good news. If you're an exhausted mom, the gospel is good news. If If you're a convicted felon, the gospel is for you. If you're a lonely single, the gospel is for you. If you're a pastor, a leader, a friend, the gospel is for you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Help us see that the gospel is for us, no matter where we are, no matter where we come from, no matter how good or bad our life is. The gospel is our good news. It's your good news for us. I thank you for this baptism we're going to have in 15 minutes. I give you all the glory.